Welcome to another episode of Two Peas on a Podcast. Counting down movies, music, TV, and pop culture. One top five at a time. And now, here are the two peas. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to another episode of Two Peas on a Podcast. I'm so thrilled that you are joining me again this week. This is exciting, guys. Now, when the show first started, as those of you that have been with me since the beginning will know, we started with kind of like a current events, kind of like political news, that kind of thing. We did that for a little over a year. And then it transitioned to this top five format that I've been doing for the last six years, really. This is episode 200 of the new format. So of top five countdowns, somehow... (laughs) Between my guest assistants and myself, I've come up with 200 different topics in the world of movies, music, and pop culture, TV. And this is number 200, and that's really exciting. And I didn't even realize that until I was kind of making the brief for tonight's episode and kind of coming up with the script and stuff. And I've got a first-time guest on the show for that. And this is uh, also exciting. I love having first-timers <laughs> on, the, on the P's, and it's always a thrill for me. This is someone that's local to me. She's a film critic that I've been following on Twitter for, gosh, it's got to be a couple years. And I just found out she was local recently. And I was like, oh, my God, I live literally <laughs> like right up the street from you. Yeah. But we're doing it virtually tonight. But she's here, Nicole Ackman from Oscar Central and a lot of other stuff. Nicole, how are you? Thank you so much for being here. I'm good. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here on such a you know exciting episode, too, with this milestone. And it's so crazy how I feel like you often don't realize where people are based. Oh, you know, whenever you're like Mm -hmm. on film Twitter and stuff, and then you realize that people are closer to you than you realized. Yeah, it's weird. I I was just telling you, I have a new bestie out there in the critic community, Lindsay, from one of my stories. And her and I have connected, and we've been to a few screeners together, and she's great. And I was like, oh, my God, you live here? Yeah. And then we saw each (laughs) other at the the local film festival. And hopefully you and I will cross paths in person someday, too, since we're so close to each other. But hopefully, I really appreciate you being here for this tonight. And it is special that it's episode 200 as well. So yeah, it means a lot to me. I appreciate it. So, you know, I, I do this fun top five show. It's kind of stupid. It's kind of fun. Like we just have a good time. <laughs> and I have this list of like a to do list kind of all these episodes that have been pitched to me, the topics that have been kind of suggested from my patrons and listeners and stuff like that. And I sent that to you and you kind of honed in on this one, which I got to be honest, you know, I follow you a little bit over there online. I was kind of surprised that this was the one that you picked, but why don't you tell everyone real quick what we're counting down tonight? And then I want you to kind of tell people where, you know, a little bit about you and stuff like that. But what's the, what's the countdown tonight? What are we doing? Yeah, tonight we are doing top five movie sidekicks. And part of why I picked it was because it feels a little outside my usual wheelhouse. It's... Mm -hmm. I, like you said, I feel like it's not the kind of thing that I would be associated with. But right. in addition to, you know, being about like all things period drama and all of that, I love like franchisee movies. And mm, okay. so that obviously uh, is makes this like a really fun topic for me. And I had the hardest time narrowing it down. Uh, oh, wow. So I was really excited to, you know, get to talk about something like this that I don't always get to talk about. So... Well, that's cool. That's cool. And yeah. we'll talk a little bit about the research and kind of coming up with the list, too. But tell people real quick. Now, you're a first timer. Yeah, it's Oscar season. This episode's coming out. Yeah. Uh, we're recording it in early January, but it's going to come out like at the end of January. I do my own movie awards. I think you're aware of that. So mm-hmm. I'm kind of deep into that stuff, yeah. too. And I 
actually coming up with my own nominees. You're talking about narrowing down the list. That was tough. Oh my gosh, yes. But I think I did it. But <laughs> also you do you do Oscar Central, you write for Awards Watch. Yeah. You have the fun Petticoats podcast we were talking about. So tell people where yeah. they can find you. Tell them a little bit about what you're doing over there. Absolutely. So I am the managing editor editor over at uh, Oscar Central, which is a fairly new outlet that I run with uh, Kenzie Venuno and Jacob Throneberry. And we are, you know, we have a website where we write reviews. Right now we have a lot of our team members doing their like top 10 movies of the year posts and mm-hmm. doing FYC articles for, you know, different things that they would like to see get nominated at the Oscars. And then we also have a podcast where we, you know, review movies, talk about what we think is happening in the Oscars race. And this year is a really fun Oscars race because there is still so much that we don't really know what's happening with. We've had like several different films that people thought were the front runner that have since like not been the front runner. So that is always super fun in my opinion. Uh, and, you know, other than that, I also, uh, am a writer and a member of the podcast over at Awards Watch. I write for FF2 Media. Um, I write for Ready, Steady, Cut. And I have a podcast with my friend Maggie, love it, called Petticoats and Poppies, where both of us are sort of professional training is in the history industry. Uh, I'm currently mm-hmm. in grad school to be a public historian, which, you know, essentially just means work at a museum or at a historic site. <laughs> and sure. her background is in historic preservation and like anthropology. So we decided to start a podcast where we look at period dramas and we sort of talk about what's the history behind it? You know, what are they getting right? What are they getting wrong? Can we expand on a topic? Uh, mm-hmm. Maggie is a big costuming nerd as as am i so she always talks about costumes and you know what's historically accurate and what's not and we have a lot of fun over there uh talking about that That's sort cool. of thing getting to to mix the two sides of our lives well tell people what your twitter handle is real quick nicole because yeah. uh, during this during this time of year there's a few like you know critics or you know people <laughs> that i've filmed twitter that i yeah. that i love that i'm always like reading the tweets you, you know, Zoe Rose Bryant. I mean, there's so, you know, Matt from Next Best Picture. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's so many people that I'm like, what do they think? Yeah. <laughs> so tell people where they can find you, especially this time of year. Yeah. You can find me over on Twitter at Nicole Ackman 16. That's also the handle for my Letterboxd account, uh, which I Love try it. to review like every movie that I watch on there, even if it's just, you know, some sort of one liner. Um, speaking of Zoe right now, I feel like a lot of my tweets are just like me and Zoe going back and forth about Avatar. <laughs> But <laughs> right. right, dude. Her yeah. love for her her love for Babylon is unrivaled. I will tell you oh that much. Oh my gosh! Like, yeah, she she got me to buddy. watch it a second time. So you know, I, I, that's yeah. what that's a blind spot for me thus far. I haven't seen that one, but that her and my buddy Jonathan, the film drunk. I don't know if you're, if you're yeah, familiar with yeah. him, but the two of them are like champions for that movie. So I'm like, I've got to see it. So yeah. I'm definitely going to see it before um, before the Oscars for sure. But uh, Nicole, you're great. <laughs> and I think everyone should look your information up. It'll be in the show notes as well. Yeah. My buddy Dan, who's a patron of the show, he says he thinks he sat next to you at, did you go see Devotion oh. at Film Fest 919 or no? Yes, I did. Oh, there yes, you go, Dan. I did. So I think maybe that was Hi, possible. Dan. He also wants to know, and he's being cute here because I, I run <laughs> the Golden Peas, which is my version of the Oscars essentially. Mm-hmm. But he wants to know what, he wants to ask you, what are the chances the Batman wins best movie? Oh, man. I mean, I feel like I don't, I don't want to give like a, 
a Vegas style odds prediction here, but I will say. Were you a fan of that? You were a fan I, of that one. I though, think right? it would be a worthy winner if it did. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is certainly, we're, we're running our Oscar Central Awards right now. I like just had to go through and make the like Google form for everyone to fill it out. And that is a movie that is appearing all over my nominations for myself. So. Great. You know. I can't believe it missed best score though. The Oscar shortlist. I'm so upset about that because it's in my like top three I mean, favorite scores of the year. I mean, that's insane. I, I, I couldn't believe it. For um, me, when it comes anyway. to score, it's literally like that, Bones and All, and All Quiet on the Western Front. So I'm literally yeah. like, how, like, where are my scores at? I know. Yeah. And they're missing. Yeah. And, yeah. and Bones and All was Reznor Ross, right? Yeah. 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 I mean, just, and they did uh, Empire of Light, too. Yes, and, which I love that score as well. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just like, what? Like, yeah. what am I missing here? Yeah. So, so anyway, uh, not not necessarily an Oscars discussion tonight, but yeah. I'm with you on a lot of that stuff. So, yeah. and uh, you're a great person to follow over there if anybody's into that stuff. However, tonight we are getting a little juvenile. <laughs> well, maybe, I don't know. I don't know where your list is, yeah. but we're talking about our top five movie sidekicks. Mm-hmm. And you were talking earlier about narrowing down the list and how it was tough for you. So yeah. what was your approach with this list? And don't give away any titles up front okay. or any characters up front, but how did you kind of compile your list? Was it, I mean, obviously yeah. it was difficult, but what did you do? It was. There? So first I sort of just sat down and wrote down like everyone that I thought of off the top of my head. Uh, mm-hmm. Obviously leaning a lot into sort of Disney things, Marvel things, sort yeah. of franchisey things. Uh, I almost said something that I think would have given away an answer. And <laughs> then I went through and I was like Googling like all the like lists of like best film sidekicks of all time and like combing through them for anyone that I hadn't thought of off the top of my head. And and I will say my number two is actually something that I like hadn't thought of. And then I saw it on the list and I was mm. like, oh, that's not like a traditional sidekick, but you really could call it a sidekick. So I'm, I'm mm-hmm. may, maybe there's one or two where I'm pushing a little bit on what sidekick means. But I I felt like I was going through and trying to pick. I had a list of like 20 and then trying to narrow it down to five and then like, a, a you know, an extra five for honorable mentions. Felt like I was killing off like my children or something i was like <laughs> right oh it's tough yeah i mean try doing this for a show every week oh for you know six know years it's like do it <laughs> every week i'm just like oh my god i can't mention this you know and then there's yeah. some movies that i love so much that you know like jaws for example you see the poster behind yep. me on video here but I mean, that one, for example, anytime any topic that even remotely <laughs> Jaws would fit in, I like put it on a list. Yep. So people are like, you mentioned that 50 times, but you right. haven't like, mentioned it. You can't you know, talk XYZ. about the same movie every week. And yet, like, <laughs> right. yeah. Right. right, for sure. So for me, you know, coming up with movie sidekicks, it was somewhat similar. I mean, I kind of just started kind of just brainstorming and coming up with ideas. And what was interesting about this list, though, was that there was a, maybe three or four that came to mind right away. But then I started to kind of having to do the Google thing, and I was like looking up, you know, different lists that people have done, and and it was like you felt dumb because you yeah. look at it and you go, oh yeah, of course, like why didn't I think of that? But I didn't want to go super obvious either, so yeah. there's some like no brainers, if you will, that I kind yeah. of put in my honorable mentions. So. Okay. I've kind of gotten cute with my show because, I, again, <laughs> I feel like my guests might mention it or it's like the consensus kind of like, right? you know, this is the pick. You know, like I mentioned Jaws, but when we did, you know, movies that take place on the water, it's like, I mean, <laughs> right? <laughs> I mean, like, obviously, okay. obviously Jaws, you know, yeah. uh, you know, so I think there's a couple in this category, too, but mm-hmm. 
Uh, it was cool to come up with it. You know, about it's been a long time actually. I had to go back and look at my notes from that episode, but about five years ago, me and my friend Tony did top five movie duos. Okay, and yeah, yeah. You can look at some of those, and you can go, okay, who's the lead? Who's the sidekick? Right. And I kind of use that a little bit too. There, there were a few for this one where I was having to sit there and be like, okay, is one of them really the sidekick, or are they just a duo? Right. Like, can can I really say that one is the sidekick to the other? So, yeah. It's it's funny how whenever you try to make a list like this, you suddenly start questioning like the parameters of what it is. Like I know. I'm sitting there like, wait, what is a sidekick? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's no wrong answer. So let's see what you got. Nicole Ackman's here. First time guest. I'm so excited. I feel I don't know. I feel like we've known each other for like years, but <laughs> here we are for the first time. So yeah. I really appreciate you being here. So what what's your number five movie sidekick? Okay. So number five, I'm cheating a little bit. In that it is two sidekicks, but they really, I feel like you you have to give them together. Uh, and that is Tanya and Rosie from Mamma Mia and Mamma Mia 2. Oh, dude, I love the mom. You know what's funny about you mentioning that is I'm not a musicals person. Like I, I don't like I'll like like one musical every two or three years. Yeah. You know what I mean? But I love the Mamma Mia films. Oh God, like they're they so are fun. The most fun movies of all time. Like Yeah. And you can tell it's one of those things where you can just tell that the actors had so much fun making them. And especially like Christine Baranski as Tanya. Yeah. And Julie Walters as Rosie. I think they are so fun. I think they really help make the movie what it is. And I think that like that's one of those sidekicks where having Tanya and Rosie makes Donna so much more interesting. Sure. And having, you know, the camaraderie between them and, and seeing how the three of them interact, I think really makes Donna a better character. And I, you know, they're not like the first person that popped to mind whenever I was singing sidekicks. And then I was going through stuff and I was like, wait, you know who the best sidekicks are? Um, it's Tanya and Rosie, really. Like they had to make my list. Right. Right. No, I, I, I'm behind it 100%. I, like I said, it, it, people are always surprised. You know, I shared these movies with my grandma. And she's recently passed away. She passed away mm. about six months ago. And I, oh, I just, she loved the musical in general. She loved the movies. Like, you know, she was Italian. So she, I don't know. Oh, she just yeah. really yeah. got into the whole thing. And <laughs> I don't know, her being so passionate about it, I just, it's like I couldn't not like it. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like she would hold it against me or whatever. And yeah. I don't know. I just had such a fun relationship with these films and fond memories with it. But I think that's a great pitch. And Tanya and Rosie, so I get you both of them, huh? You're doing, yeah. Yeah. you know, I really appreciate guests <laughs> that come on the show the first time and they cheat immediately. <laughs> <laughs> that's me. That's me. Right you know? out of the gate. Like, thanks for having me on the show. I'm going to do this. Well, I was uh, trying no, was to great. pick one and I was like, oh, I'll just say Rosie. And then I was like, sure. No, I need to say Tanya. Wait, but I can't not say Rosie. Like, I was going back and forth. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to cheat. <laughs> yeah, sure. I don't blame you. All right. So for my number five, I went off the rails a little bit with my number five. But, you know, I did see it come up on some lists and stuff. And I was like, yes, absolutely. But I'm going to go with Hit Girl from Kick-Ass. Oh. Portrayed by Chloe Grace Moretz, who has remained. And this movie was in 2010, I think, or 2011. Mm -hmm. And she's remained one of my favorite actresses in Hollywood. Like, I, I love her. Like, everything I see her, I mean, even when she was in the Tom and Jerry movie, I was like, yeah. she's got so much charisma, so much charm, and she's such a great actress in everything she does. And, you know, in Hit Girl, it's this young girl. I think she's supposed to be like 12 or 13 in the movie. And maybe, I don't know how she actually was, but she's just like literally kicking ass. And she's, <laughs> you know, 
with Nick Cage. She's Nick Cage's sidekick. She's a superhero, but she's like a real person that kind of has this training. And, you know, the action sequences were great. And I, I just am really, I'm kind of biased when it comes to her, but directed by Matthew Vaughn. This is a movie that has great action. It has it's got its tender moments. I, I, I don't know if you're a huge Nicolas Cage fan, but I am. And I love just kind of like that relationship with him and Chloe in this movie. And I think she just brings out that kind of like sensitive, the sensitive parts of this movie that wouldn't otherwise be there. But she also kicks ass in it. So that's yeah. why it's my number five. Are you a fan of this one? I, I really like that answer. And that's actually also really funny because I have someone from another Nicolas Cage movie in my honorable mentions, which, you know, we'll get okay. to later. But I think right. that... You know, anyone who can, like, hold up a candle whenever they're against Nicolas Cage and, and really engage with him in a fun way, that's going to be a win for me. And especially at that young of an age. I mean, think yeah. about how intimidating that must have been. I mean, oh I'm not God, an actor, yeah. but I mean, you know, one of your first Nicolas shots ever is with yeah. Exactly, you know? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, for sure. So that's a fun one to revisit, too. That movie holds mm -hmm. up. It has great rewatchability. So I was like, yeah, let's put Hit Girl on there. Now, some people are going to give me shit because I'm going to have some of these others that are in my honorables and I got hit girl here, but yeah. you know, hey, I don't want to be super obvious. You get so. points for creativity, you know? Yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much. Yeah. All right. So I love the Mamma Mia start to your list over there. What is your number four movie my, sidekick? It's so funny. I just said points for creativity and I'm, I feel like I'm about to like lose any points <laughs> on my own for that. But I also feel like yeah. this is one that people would call me out if I didn't say. Um, sure. because I feel like it's so well known how much I like this character and that is Bucky Barnes, um, particularly, oh, cool. you know, Captain America, the first Avenger, where we really see him in that sidekick role. Um, and I think that that's so important as set up for the rest of all of, you know, Steve Rogers character development over the rest of the whole MCU, obviously comic mm -hmm. books as well, but I love Bucky. I think that he and Steve have such fun banter. That's one thing I'm always looking for in a sidekick is them providing some yeah. sort of banter, comedic relief. And if they can also provide like some of the emotional stakes of the movie, then that's everything right. I could ever ask. And I feel like Bucky Barnes totally fulfills all of that. He's got some great, you know, lines like the whole till the end of the line thing with him and Steve mm -hmm. and the, you know, don't do anything stupid while I'm gone can't you're taking mm -hmm. all the stupid with you like all of that sort of stuff and then right i i just think that he and you know seb stan and chris evans have great chemistry together so they're a duo i would like to see in other films as well i agree i agree and then crossing over you know to the small screen too great yeah. stuff yeah i mean it's great it's um you know i've got this and i know this is probably not going to ring well with you but some <laughs> of our regular listeners us, but i got this mcu fatigue man like i just can't yeah. I don't know why. I mean, I know it's a thing and I'm not the only one, but I just yeah. can't get as excited about stuff as I did like, you know, five years ago. And part of that I, is like, honestly, my thing with Bucky is that I'm like, I go back to watching these earlier movies mm -hmm. and yeah, for sure. I really do love some of the newer projects. And obviously, like I loved Falcon and the Winter. I am probably Falcon and the Winter Soldier's biggest fan <laughs> because oh, yeah. it's like yeah, no, my I mean, two favorite sidekicks getting a show for themselves. <laughs> right. But yeah, I, I totally, and I honestly, part of it's just, they're releasing too much at once, I feel like now. Yeah, it's just too much, you yeah. know, I, 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 that's the thing. But, you know, not to take away from your pick, because that yeah. is actually, <laughs> that was in the kind of era where I was like, I was all in, you know what I mean? Yeah. And 
and Bucky and a lot of the char- other characters that were in that era, you know, really spoke to that. And I loved WandaVision, mm-hmm. you know, recently, you know, Wakanda Forever was great. You yeah. know, I mean, there's, there's stuff I like. I'm just, it's just weird as a movie fan when I can remember, you know, sitting on my couch and like the trailer for an MCU movie comes out five years ago. And I'm just like so excited. I'm like setting yeah. my alarm to be ready for it. Yeah. And now it's just like, uh, okay, yeah. I mean, I'll check it out. You know, it's like so a lot it's of just a strange. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's just a strange kind of trajectory. But a good pick nonetheless, and you know, mm-hmm. it's one of the best characters for sure uh, from the MCU. So Bucky is your number four. Mm-hmm. My number four. Now I meant to ask you this in the top. Okay, Nicole. I I kind of realized in my research that this topic lends pretty well to like animated characters. Mm-hmm. Did you notice that too? I did definitely. Yeah. So this is the first of three animated characters in my top five. Oh my god, amazing! So okay. I have young kids. You know, my daughter's twenty one, but I mean, as she was growing up too, I was you know collecting these movies and watching a lot of these movies with her. And now I'm doing it with my two young sons. But first up is going to be Donkey from Shrek, voiced mm-hmm. by Eddie Murphy. Uh, one of the great comedic. <laughs> talents of all time in eddie murphy just period whether you're talking stand-up film whatever especially like in the 80s and 90s i mean this guy was killing it and then he kind of like did this thing where i mean i assume he was taking paychecks or whatever but he did this thing where it was kind of like you know disney family films he kind of lost his edge he wasn't doing stand-up it was kind of you know i mean he was getting paid he was doing his thing but it was kind of like a weird detachment from what we'd been used to yeah and then you circle back around in the early <laughs> 2000s and mid-2000s when he started doing these Shrek films. And his caricature of, of Donkey, like, he invented a animated icon, in my opinion. Yeah. Like, you know, this is one of the greatest, like, animated sidekicks ever. I mean, this guy, and it's because of his voice work and how funny it He brought back a lot of that edgy comedy, but, like, made it kind of okay, you know, to, to watch with your kids. Hearing it through the voice of Donkey, but just such a memorable character. I love Eddie Murphy. So it's my first of three animated characters, but Donkey's my number four. What do you think? I really appreciate that. He is one that I saw. I feel like he cropped up on almost every list that I looked at online. And I, this is maybe controversial. I'm not a Shrek fan. I really don't love the Shrek movies. I haven't seen Puss in Boots. La- the last what about Switch, Shrek Two? Because Shrek Two is <laughs> Shrek Two is a masterpiece. Is, easy, easy. It is my favorite of the Shrek movies, but like, All right, okay. I think it's All that right. Shrek as a character just like does not vibe with me. Uh, ah. And the only thing that I truly love in those movies is Donkey. Like, I could, yeah. If if I could just get Eddie Murphy's Donkey, like, yeah. doing his own thing. I would watch I'm it every it day. Hasn't happened, actually. Right and now, I'm literally like, why have they never made like a TV show or something? Yeah, no, they got the but, Puss in Boots stuff, you know. Right, but like Eddie Murphy, I think anytime he does some sort of animated sidekick, like my my Eddie Murphy character of choice is Mushu and Mulan. Uh, no, that's a good sidekick too. Yeah, yeah, he's also a great sidekick, but I think he does. Absolutely. You're right. He brings such a um, almost a universal humor to his characters. That's something that like. You know, he's he's got things that kids can appreciate and he, he can use his voice in a way that I think kids can pick up on it being mm-hmm. funny, even if they don't like fully understand what's being said, but also right. has some appeal for for older audiences too. So I think that's a great pick. Right. right. It's going to be, that's actually that, that point that you made is going to be a very similar point, almost verbatim to what I'm going to make to my number one when it comes up. Oh, but okay. I do agree <laughs> with you that 
you know, Eddie Murphy's portrayal of Donkey is kind of, um, you know, kind of reverberates from what I'm going to be talking about here shortly. But I do think that he took, you know, like I said, kind of some of the edgy history of his comedy mm-hmm. and kind of like, you know, that on edge. But then it was also obviously an animated kind of, I don't even know if, I mean, I guess Shrek is a family. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's a family yeah. franchise, but yeah, there's still some, like you said, kind of adult humor in it it's, that it's kids one aren't going to get. Family franchises that then I feel like I watched as a kid, and then I got a little older and I watched it, and I was like, "Why was this marketed as a family film?" <laughs> like, right? Yeah. Right. No, that's what I yeah. mean. Yeah, it's it can be a little edgy at times. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's one of those movies. And I know you said you're not a huge fan of the franchise, but like Shrek Two, for example, that's why in my mind, at least, yeah, like Shrek Two is almost timeless because like my three year old could die laughing at it. Yeah. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I just turned 47 and I'm over in the corner <laughs> laughing even harder. Do you know what I mean? It's just, yeah. but it's the same jokes. So it's a really beautiful kind of like lightning in a bottle situation when, when filmmakers can do that and writers. So, um, you know, Shrek 2 is my favorite of the bunch. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Donkey, I think, is a timeless character. So it's my first of three animated characters at my number four. And we're up to your number three. What do you got yeah. over there, Nicole? Okay. So this is one for me that I feel like is maybe a little bit basic, but. It's not for me because I actually watched this series for the first time last year. Uh, mm-hmm. Finally got around to watching Lord of the Rings. And Ooh. so I had to put Samwise onto this list yeah. because I think that he is, you know, such a great sidekick. I think he's like maybe the best character in the whole series. Um, he's sure. definitely I, the yes. most likable character in the whole series, like the one with the best intentions the whole way through um mm-hmm. i and again like i said what i what i really like in a sidekick is somebody who can bring some humor but also bring some sort of emotional stakes to their relationship with our hero and you definitely get mm-hmm. that like the friendship between you know sam and frodo as it plays out over especially all three films is so beautiful and so moving and so i felt like i had to I had to put him on my list, especially because, you know, having a fresh reaction to watching all three films last year, uh, I, I wanted to That's, include him. That is hilarious, by the way, that you just watched those last year, because I also just watched those last oh year. Oh, my gosh. I, I know. Isn't that yeah. funny? And if people look at me like that when I say it, and now I'm with somebody that kind of feels <laughs> my pain. But yeah, I, I just I, I had seen, uh, you know, portions of the original film when it came out. Mm-hmm. And. I was was not in a place in my life where I was like going to watch a three and a half hour epic. So I just never sat through the whole thing. And then, you know, the kind of craze passed me by or whatever. Mm -hmm. I have a friend that's a patron of my show. His name's Caleb, and he is a super fan of this franchise. And I do this thing on my Patreon where I let, um, you know, patrons pitch a franchise to me. and We watch it together Mm -hmm. for the first time. Yeah. So last year I watched all of them with him and I love them. Um, Just epic on so many scales. Yeah. Samwise is in my honorable mentions because okay. I kind of thought I'm surprised you saw it this recently. I thought I don't know why I thought in my mind like oh she's going to love Lord of the Rings there's no way that that's well, going to get missed. What's funny is that like I feel like everything about me makes it seem like I would be a Lord of the Rings person like <laughs> Yeah, sure, yeah. You know, I was a Harry Potter person, a Percy yeah. Jackson person, but I just yeah. I was intimidated and like this is going to sound so dumb. But I always thought there were more than 3 movies. And I think it's because people mm. talk about them in such a way because the movies are so long yeah. that I was like, oh, there must be a ton of them. And then I was like, oh, it's just mm. three. I can handle that. <laughs> yeah, we can yeah. do that. Yeah. Yeah. 
I'm glad I did, you know, and I bought them after I did that series mm-hmm. with him and uh, they're great. I mean, some of the best movies ever made. The Two Towers is my favorite, but yeah. talking about Samwise, I mean, he's, I mean, that's one of the, that's one of the all-time movie sidekicks. So I'm glad he got some love tonight. So that's your number three. <laughs> my number three is not Samwise Gangy. It comes from <laughs> a kind of silly comedy from the 1980s, but it's probably in my top 20 to 25 movies of all time. Not because it's like this craft, like beautiful, well-made thing or anything like that. Just because of the nostalgia. It came out in 87. I would have been 12, 13 years old. Mm -hmm. And I've watched it probably at least 100 times since then. But it's uh, Cameron Fry from Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Okay. You ever seen this one? I have actually seen half of it. Um, All right. One of those things where it was like on and I like caught it halfway through. But... This is one that I actually saw pop up on quite a few lists whenever I was doing okay, my research. Okay, good. Well, that's good. Yeah. That's good, though. But this is one of the ones that came to mind pretty early on for me without having to look it up because I just have seen this movie so many times. But, you know, it's a high school comedy, John Hughes at the helm here. So it's kind of like what you would expect. It's got its, <laughs> you know, its touching moments, but it just centers around this guy portrayed by Matthew Broderick who wants to skip school. You know, and he wants to have a good day with his friends. This is last who Rob his senior year. And, you know, they know they're going to kind of be splitting after the summer. And him and Cameron and uh, his girlfriend, Sloan, the three of them just kind of go out of this day on the town and just live it up, you know. And Cameron is such a great wingman and such a great best friend because he sacrifices himself so that his friend Ferris can have the day of his dreams and kind of go out on this high note in high school. and. You always get the sense that Cameron is kind of taking a backseat to Ferris, but he knows that, and he's kind of okay with that to lift Ferris up. So it's kind of a deeper hidden meaning there, too, in, in terms of, like, the friendships that we have and how we kind of, you know, play off of each other and what our, you know, what our place in each other's lives is and that kind of, especially when you're that young in high school and so on. So... Cameron Fry. I, I I love this movie. Ferris Bueller's Day Off is one of my favorite '80s films. So I don't. I, I, you, you, do you know Cameron? I mean, does that ring a bell when you when I mention that yeah, character? You, you yeah, yeah. I can picture him like in my head. Even I um, yeah. it's definitely one of those Ruff. movies that I've always meant to go back and like watch the whole thing because I really do love sort of any high school film like that that really deals with you know that has like a really nice friendship. Yeah, it's like, you know, coming of age and, you know, John Hughes and, uh, you know, but Alan (laughs) Alan Ruckus, Cameron, has got some of the best, like, most memorable scenes in this movie. You know, he's a scene stealer. That's what he is in this movie. He's a literal scene stealer. Every scene he's in, it's like the camera's on him. All all of your attention is on him. And it's one of my favorite 80s films. So uh, I thought of it right away. I didn't think it would be like a common quote unquote pick. So I figured, yeah, here we go. So it's my number three. So there you go. Yeah. You have to report back to me when you get through the whole. Absolutely. I think it's on Netflix right now. <laughs> oh, perfect. It's not like okay. you have anything going on with the Oscar season or anything. Yeah. Just watch it. <laughs> right. I'm like not watching any movies right now. Like, um, <laughs> Yeah, you're fine. Yeah. You're fine. That All right. So that's my number three. Yeah. That leads so well into my number two. Um, right. Because my number two is from another coming of age movie. Another like high school film. And Mm -hmm. I read the book that this movie is based on when I was in high school. And then the movie came out and I was obsessed with both. Like this was like my thing. And Mm -hmm. this movie has a lot of actors that are some of my favorites in it. 
What's funny is that the the sidekick that I'm going to talk about is not an actor that I particularly like, but they are mm. so good in this role that like I can, you know, move past it for the sake of this. And mm. the movie is Perks of Being a Wallflower. And right. I was so obsessed with this and I think part of it is because the character of Charlie you know, making these friends and going into this friend group, I think, is such a compelling story. And Patrick, as played by Ezra Miller, is such a fun but also heartbreaking character. I think he's a really great character and sidekick in that, you know, he he's very much there to support Charlie and to sort of bring Charlie into this different world, this different set of experiences that he's never had before. But at the same time, he has his own inner life. You know, and and Patrick is dealing with being gay in this time period in this town and, you know, not being accepted by everyone. He has his own relationship with his stepsister, um, Mm -hmm. you know, that he's sort of navigating. And I think that he's a really well-formed character. But then, Mm -hmm. you know, the way that he and Charlie interact is so both fun to watch and endearing. And I also quote him all the time. (laughs) Um, like, you know, there's this part where he gets back like a a bad grade and he's like below average. And I I do that anytime I, you know, don't do great at something. So I had to include him. Well, you're going to be disappointed. This is a blind spot for me. This is a movie that I know this is a movie that's been recommended to me on many occasions. My daughter Mm -hmm. loves this movie and she's been like, dad, what are you doing? Like, you need to watch this. So. So Patrick is the, is the sidekick. Yes. Yeah. All right. Portrayed by Ezra Miller. Yes. All right. So I need to check it out for sure then. So this Issues is like with Ezra Miller aside, it is worth watching. Yeah. Well, yeah. I'm sure this was, you know, pre, Very, pre their issues. Yeah. But, uh, well, I mean, it's one that I wish I had seen because so many people meant when it comes up, I'm like, I feel, you know how you feel shame sometimes where you're like, I can't believe I haven't seen that. Yeah. Well, I, Probably I like do me think and you felt on Lord of the Rings before last year. Literally. <laughs> but I also think it's one of those things like um, it came out at the exact right time for me because I was in high school, like at the end of high school when it came out. And mm-hmm. it's sort of like that thing for me with Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Like it kind of came out too early for me. Yeah. So no, I get it. there are some of those movies where it's just like if you miss it, then it, it feels like you yeah. never get back to it. You got to work it in. Yeah, yeah. for sure. So <laughs> Patrick from Perks of Being a Wallflower is your runner up. So good pick. So I got two animated characters for my top two. Okay. And I didn't really, I was kind of like toying with who to put at number one, who yeah. to put at number two. But my runner up is going to be Buzz Lightyear from the Toy Story franchise. Nice. All right. Voiced by Tim Allen. I'm in love with these movies. You know, I graduated high school in 94. The first one okay. came out in 95. Yeah. So I wasn't like a kid. But, you know, I still was drawn to this kind of like revolutionary animation that we saw with Pixar. And, you know, you look back at the 95 Toy Story now and you go, that looks horrible. You know, but in 95, (laughs) your eyes were like, oh, my God, this is the craziest thing I've ever seen. I feel like I'm in the future. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And just to see where, you know, Pixar's come and where animation in general has come, you know, a lot of that is owed to Toy Story being the first really feature length of that kind of digital animation. But the characters of Buzz and Woody, you know, they were also on my movie Duos, which was that list I mentioned to you that I did like five years ago. Yeah. So that's what made me think of Buzz. You know, Woody's kind of running this bedroom, right? Andy's (laughs) bedroom. And, you know, he's kind of the sheriff, so to speak, you know, and he's the leader of this gang. And 
Buzz shows up, this hot new toy, this hot new kid on the block. And, you know, we've all been in situations like that when we were young. And you want to, you have to adapt and you have to try to be the, you know, they, they're kind of battling to be the alpha. But eventually Buzz says, you know what? I'm cool. Like, you know, you're, you're the one that kind of knows what's going on. I'm going to take your lead. And he just becomes a really good friend to Woody. He becomes, uh, you know, part of the kind of what we're dealing with with Andy and what he's going through. And he's part of that support system for the kid that's at the center of this whole story. And as the series goes on, I mean, Buzz continues to be that quote-unquote support, whether it's for Woody or even for us as a viewer in a lot of situations. And, you know, Tim Allen, I'm not, you know, like, I don't, like, bust down the door to see a movie <laughs> that he's in, but, I mean, this is his best work. Like, I, in other words, it's weird because I don't know if I would say I'm a Tim Allen fan, but I would say I'm a Buzz Lightyear fan, you know, yeah. and I feel like, I feel like Tim Allen's voice, you know, is what I know, which is ironic from the movie that we got this past year, <laughs> uh, which was not his voice, but I, was gonna say, I like that you, movie, too. I was going to say, how do you feel about Lightyear, the movie? <laughs> yeah, no, I didn't do a review of that one, so you yeah. might not know, but I, you know, I, I mean, I didn't hate it. Mm -hmm. I, I thought there were some weird choices, and, you know, I think from, you know, through the eyes of a child or a young person, it was probably, you know, really cool, mm -hmm. uh, but as somebody that has these movies as a foundation, you might kind of scratch your head a little bit, which I was doing. Yeah. We actually watched Lightyear on Disney Plus. My family did when we were on vacation this past summer. Mm -hmm. We went to like this. We got this like mountain cabin or whatever, and mm -hmm. we streamed it. And me and my wife, who both are you know very familiar with the Toy Story films, were just kind of like, "That's not Buzz. Like, who is? You know, what is that?" <laughs> and I had to tell my yeah. wife, like, "Yeah, you know, I read that it's you know, it's it's, not it's Tim like Allen. the character that the toy is based on. Like that's right." I actually, like the movie fine like it's not my God, favorite it's a, it's okay, animated but... film of the year but i'm still just cracked up at the whole like them having to clarify like you why know did, it's I not mean, the why toy did... it's the, <laughs> the character the yeah toy i just don't understand on. i mean i get what they're saying and yeah i guess that's kind of true in a way but i'm just like i was like are you out of ideas <laughs> like, why could tim allen not do it yeah. like, i don't understand why he just couldn't have done it and probably yeah. for a smaller fee honestly right yeah <laughs> Yeah, it saved a few bucks, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so anyway, uh, but you know, light year aside uh, from this past year, but nevertheless, yeah. I I love Tim Allen in the role of Buzz, and I think he's a great wingman. He's a great sidekick, and you know, he he kind of kept the franchise. He's kind of part of the glue of the whole franchise. You know, Woody. I feel like Woody kind of needed him to carry that franchise along as opposed to vice versa. And I kind of got that impression. So it's like the new kind of like technology coming in and yeah. you know, kind of like what Pixar was probably dealing with, to be honest. And Buzz was a bit of a symbol for that whole thing, you know? Absolutely. I, I love Buzz, especially in Toy Story 2 and Toy Story 3. Oh, for sure. Toy Story 3. Yeah. Oh, God. That, yeah. I mean, that's so good. I mean, one of the best... <laughs> animated films i don't know if dan's still watching but i'll shame him because that's a movie he hasn't seen yet oh my god <laughs> pack tissues and i know that i know and i know that because yeah. him and i did our blind spots episode a couple months ago oh, unless yeah. he's seen it in the last couple months but yeah um, but yeah so uh buzz light year for me and we are up to our number ones nicole first time guest nicole Atkins here and we've been doing our top five movie sidekicks and we here we go with no crossover so far yeah which i gotta be honest i was kind of expecting one or two so let's Same. see what you got at number one over there Okay. I really struggled at first. I was like, oh, like, who would I put? And then it hit me, like, who my favorite sidekick has to be because she's one of my favorite characters of all time. 
She's one of the mm-hmm. characters in all of film and, and media that I relate to most. And she is a character that I think a lot of people love. And I think often sort of forget that she is a sidekick character because it is a weird property in which I feel like people sometimes ignore the hero character almost because all of the side characters are so good. And I am talking about Hermione Granger in the Harry Potter series. Mm. Uh, I thought about this. I thought about this, but I didn't want anybody to call me a creep. Nicole, I'm just going to tell you. (laughs) But I did think about this. I think it's a great pick. And, you know, it's funny now I'm realizing that my top two movies are both movies that Emma Watson is in. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. Clearly, I just like book adaptations with Emma Watson. Like, that's my thing. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good universe, though. Yeah. And Emma Watson (laughs) is one of my favorite actresses. I love her. And I think that her portrayal of Hermione is so beautiful. I think Mm -hmm. that they were, you know, Harry Potter as a franchise is very interesting because they got really lucky that they cast kids who ended up being good actors for the most part. And they definitely lucked out with, you know, casting Emma Watson as Hermione Granger. I think that she was so important in the time period that those films were coming out as representation Mm -hmm. that, you know, girls could be smart and they could be leaders and they could, you know, Mm -hmm. be the one who sort of has it together. Uh, And also still at the same time, like, care about going to the ball and, you know, care about making friends and and all of that. And, um, you know, as a young girl who was very into school and not into sports and mm-hmm. <laughs> bossy, um, <laughs> I really saw myself, you know, but I, I think sure. that she's, she and Harry's friendship is like one of my favorite friendships on screen of all time. And yeah. I love watching it sort of grow over the eight films and, and she really steps up and becomes, you know, very much her own person, but is also mm-hmm. totally like always there to bolster Harry and, and figure things out for him and, and support him in any way he needs. And she, you know, ha- had to go with my girl. I think it's a great pick. I, you know, I, I thought about it, actually. This yeah. is another franchise that passed me by and I didn't see till pretty recently. I saw it like two or three years ago with my buddy Dan. Yeah. We did the exact same series I was talking about for Lord of the Rings, yeah. but I did it with him about a year before that for Harry Potter. And, I, you know, I, there were some movies that I could do without, but as, as the series as a whole, I thought was great. I could see kind of the pop culture phenom that it was, but she had a lot to do with that. I mean, she was so charming and just all those young actors really as a group. And mm-hmm. it's, it's much like a TV show where the kids kind of grow up throughout the series and, you know, go to college or whatever long the series lasts. And you yeah. kind of get that from the Harry Potter kids too, because you watch the first one and you watch the last one, you're, you know, it's like a 10 year gap or whatever it is. And you've literally grown up with these characters and, you know, her and Daniel Radcliffe, both, I feel like, I mean, they're, you know, blockbuster superstar, like stratosphere actors now. And that all started with Harry Potter. So, you know, something to be said for the, the chemistry that they had as friends and, I, I think it's a great pick. I thought about it. I, <laughs> I you'll see why I didn't okay. end up naming her, but um, I think it's a great pick, and I love her very much too. What'd you think of the Beauty and the Beast uh, adaptation? Okay, I am a defender. <laughs> <laughs> Are you? It's not. Perfect. I feel like I knew that, so I was putting you on the spot. It's, yeah, it's not like I don't think it's one of the best of the Disney live action like retelling sure. ones. Um, I feel like everyone knows that I will go to bat for Cinderella with my last breath. But I actually don't think it's that bad. I think people were unnecessarily harsh to it. 
And it gave me like Ewan McGregor as Lumiere. So honestly, nothing else matters. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty good too. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it wasn't horrible. I, you know, I see all the critiques though, but I mean, at the same yeah. time, I'm like, come on, guys. It's not like, you know, an I've, abomination or I've whatever. I've seen it like six or seven times. So, like, oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a nice movie to put on like in the background. Well, there you go. You know, Emma Watson, good pick, Hermione. Won't get an argument from me, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> All right, there you go. All right. I'm so excited to hear your number one. My number one, if you haven't figured it out yet, is another animated character voiced by the late, great Robin Williams, and it is the genie from Aladdin from 1992. I've told – first of all, have you seen this? You've seen this, yeah? Oh, yeah. I've seen, I've seen like, okay. even the weird Aladdin, like, VOD sequels. <laughs> Oh, yeah. okay. All right. Yeah. Like yeah. Jafar's Return or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Literally. Yeah. <laughs> I, I thought you were going to say the voiceover behind the scenes stuff that they put out that oh, my Robin God. Williams was like I, voicing I the character. Have, I think I've seen like every Aladdin related thing there is. Well, I've told this story on the show before. Uh, some of the listeners have probably heard it, but you know, this movie has such a connection to me personally because my first job as probably like a 16 year old, 15 or 16 year old kid was at Eckerd Drugstore, which is. I don't know if you're familiar, but it's like the equivalent of like a Walgreens or oh CVS. God. I remember when we had those. You remember Eckerd's? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I worked at Eckerd's as like a cashier stock boy or whatever. And it was right when, you know, this would have been in the early 90s because the movie came out in 92. So it was right when they released those TVs that had the VCR built in. Do you know? Yeah. Do you, do you, are oh, you old enough to know what I'm talking about? I had one of those as a kid. Did you? Oh, yeah. God. Yeah. Yeah. So that, you know, we were selling them, you know, for a few hundred bucks or whatever it was. And we only had one VHS movie that we sold. And it was Aladdin. <laughs> yeah. So my boss, uh, you know, was like, you know, have it on display or whatever and just play whatever movie. Well, the only movie we had was Aladdin. So we just played <laughs> it on a loop. Oh, my you God. You know, so me and my friends that worked there, like, we just saw this movie literally five, ten times a week because we're yeah. working at Eckerd's and it's the only thing that is playing, you know? <laughs> And then on on top of that, I mean, Robin Williams is just gives such a pr- tremendous performance, and you know, a lot of it is improvised. A lot of it's his stand up kind of comedy routine and impersonations that he you know throws in there. I mean, this is a Disney movie. This is a kids hand drawn Disney movie, and this guy's doing impersonations of like Ed Sullivan and Arsenio Hall. Like, I mean, yeah. you know, five year olds don't know what the hell he's talking about, but he's just so energetic and charismatic and just magnetic, even as a voice, not even as visually. And you're just drawn to him as an actor. And I always was, and I followed his whole career. And aside from Goodwill Hunting, this is probably his best performance, which is, cr- I mean, in my opinion, which is crazy because it's just a voiceover, you know. But yeah. he just brought so much energy and passion to the role and just created this just iconic imagery that'll live on in, you know, Disney lore forever. I mean, he's one of the most iconic characters in the whole canon, in my opinion. And it's because of his voice work in this movie, you know, as a sidekick to Aladdin and kind of his wingman, you know, like, hey, dude, I'm going to help you get Jasmine. Like, you know, let's ride carpets. Let's do the thing, you know. So he kind of helps him get through all that stuff, too, which is great. And then uh, where Aladdin kind of turns the tables at the end and says, you know what, man, I'm going to give you what you deserve. You know, I'm going to let you be free and kind of the symbolism built in there as to kind of how we sometimes take advantage of our best friends or people that are there for us and how he kind of, that kind of comes back around in the end too. So I think it's a beautiful film. The music is fucking like un, unmatched. I mean, such a great soundtrack. Um, one of easily one of my favorite animated films of all time. So the genie 
My number one. What do you have to say, Miss Nicole Ackman? I love that. I think that the genie is, you know, sort of one of the most important, like, animated characters that probably was ever made because I think that he lays the groundwork for a lot of the sort of sidekick characters that come after. At least, you know, if, if they're talking, I feel like there's sort of some inspiration from the genie. I think that, you know, you could maybe argue that, like, you don't get Donkey without the genie. I think you could definitely right. argue you don't get Olaf without the genie. Um, exactly. You know, whether modern parents, like, think that's a, a blessing or a curse. <laughs> but I think <laughs> Well, you know, of- when you mentioned... When, what, I'm sorry to interrupt yeah. you, but when you mentioned earlier, when we were talking about Donkey, that was what I was referring to. Yeah. Like, yeah. That kind of came from Robin Williams and the genie. Absolutely. And, you know, I think you definitely set that precedent for sort of balancing that humor of things that you know that adults are gonna find really funny things that kids are gonna find funny things that everyone will find funny and Mm -hmm. he's such a great character and i also think that robin williams you know voice performance for that role is so important because i feel like aladdin as a story there's like some stuff in it that if it's not played right it can be kind of weird like it's one Mm -hmm. of those kids films that i feel like if you think about it too hard like it starts to get odd um, and sure. a lot of that is that dynamic between Aladdin and the genie. And I feel like the fact that it's not weird and, and the fact that it's, um, you know, so endearing is largely due to Robin Williams's work and, and how mm. he plays that character and how he forms it, Sure, you know, with his comedy. But then there's also a lot of heart there. So that's yep. a great choice. Yeah. And, you know, and thank you. And anybody, you know, I mean, obviously most people have probably seen it, but I mean, there's a <laughs> lot of really cool clips on YouTube of, you know, Robin Williams kind of going through the process and he's in the booth and oh yeah, I mean, he's literally just doing impersonations and it's just like winging it, you know, and it's crazy yeah. to see, you know, what the animators came up with to kind of match his frantic kind of performance and come up with this beautiful thing that I think is easily one of the best Disney films ever made in my opinion i mean and, and disney's not i mean they're not schlocky they're not doing you know five five movies i mean they got yeah you know 500 movies to choose from you know what i mean and this yeah. is one of the best ever so and i, and I do think that's, my that that's um that's why the aladdin like live action does not work for me right is because robin williams is a genius so pivotal to yeah. that movie working that you know without you know, him. I wonder I wonder not to get off on a tangent but yeah. I, you know I wonder sometimes it's baffling to me why studios or or directors will touch projects that it's just like how can you add to that you know? right like you can't improve that <laughs> it, it's yeah. just like how do you and I understand wanting to introduce it to a new generation and like I you know I I get, get that all, more you know, with something like Cinderella or something like, you know, the upcoming Snow White movie, I'm really excited mm-hmm. for because those are things that I think that style of animation, the sort of way that that story unfolds, either like aren't mm-hmm. appealing to a lot of kids these days or maybe aren't something that parents like think the messaging in it is super great for kids. Um, right, sure. Whereas something like Aladdin or something like, you know, even Beauty and the Beast that still like absolutely holds up. I'm like, mm-hmm. I mm, feel feels weird to, to attempt to do better than that. Yeah, you know, it's funny you mentioned that because, like, we went to see The Lion King, the, you know, the yeah. new one with Beyonce. And, you know, I didn't hate it, but if, you know, I'll put it this way. My son was, like, I think seven at the time. My Not my young, young one, but my, my seven-year-old. 
He's nine now. We went to see it, and he loved it. Like, to him, that's his Lion King. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But yeah. to me, I'm going, what did I do as a parent? Like, why yeah. did you not- <laughs> I love the 90s yeah. one. Like, what? But I think that, to your point, the digital age. I mean, it's mm-hmm. the digital animation. It's the CGI. That's what kids are responding to more than the art of kind of this old school hand-drawn stuff. and. I think that's unfortunate, but I kind of understand it at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. So there we go. So my number one, Genie from Aladdin. No crossover, Nicole. First time I'm guest, impressed. you came on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We, we did our thing. Ten different character or ten different, you know, entries here. I would say characters, but you had a couple. <laughs> you had a duo to start the list. That's fine. I did. I did. <laughs> yeah, I respect it. I respect it. All right, guys. We're going to take a break, and we're going to come back. We will... Wrap up our top fives and we'll, we'll give our honorable mentions. And then I want to shout out the fans online too. Nicole, I'll do that to end every episode. Real quick though, I want to remind everyone the Golden Peas Movie Awards is coming up. I put on my own movie awards every year and it kind of resembles the Golden Globes slash Oscars, all that kind of stuff. But I put it out to you. You guys came up with the ballot and voting is going to be going on. It's actually going on right now as this episode's airing. The award ceremony is going to be March 13th, which is strategically the day after the Oscars. So we all have that Oscars hangover. We want to feel good. We can tune into the Golden Peas. And the nominations are announced on January 16th. So just remember that, guys. All the information for that will be in the show notes as well. We're going to take a quick promo break for that. And when we come back, we will wrap up our top fives and give our honorable mentions. So everybody sit tight. We will be right back. Hey, guys. It's Brad from the top-rated podcast, Apple Teeny Plus. Not to mention, you know, some other show, The Cinema Guys, and some 2B thing that I do. Every year, my buddy Gerald, he does an award show he calls The Golden Peas. It's his own personal movie awards honoring the previous year in film. This year, for the first time ever, he's going to broadcast it on YouTube with many guest presenters giving out awards for categories such as Best Movie, Best Female Performance, Best Horror Movie, just to name a few. The best part of all this, the winners are voted and chosen by you. The awards are 100% based on participation and votes. So help promote and share it. You know, get the word out for this event leading up to it. And, of course, don't forget to cast your vote. Head over to 2PeasOnAPod.com slash GoldenPeas to see a list of nominees and cast your vote. Then tune in Monday, March 13th at 9.30 p.m. Eastern Time to see the winners revealed live on YouTube. There'll be some amazing guests and Gerald is joined by none other than the god of podcasting himself, Brian Loisos. So we hope you can join in the fun and celebrate our love of movies. You won't want to miss it. Welcome back, guys. As I said, pre-break, Nicole Ackman is here. First-time guest from Oscar Central. It was a blast talking to her about our favorite movie sidekicks. Nicole, just remind everybody over there what you had as your five again. Absolutely. My five were uh, at number five, Tanya and Rosie. My cheating one from Mamma Mia. Uh, My fourth was Bucky Barnes from Captain America. My third was Samwise from Lord of the Rings. Number two, Patrick from Perks of Being Wallflower. And then number one, my winner, Hermione Granger from the Harry Potter series. Yeah, for sure. Great list. My number five was Hit Girl from Kick-Ass. My number five was uh, Donkey from the Shrek films. 
My number three was Cameron from Ferris Bueller's Day Off. My number two was Buzz Lightyear from the Toy Story franchise. And my number one was The Genie, voiced by Robin Williams from Aladdin. So there you go. Great discussion. I really do appreciate it. However, you got some honorable mentions over there, right? So what characters didn't quite crack your top five that you want to shout out real quick? Okay, so... I mentioned earlier, there's a Nick Cage movie that I wanted to mention real quick, and that's Riley from National Treasure. Okay. I love Riley. He's a great sidekick, and I feel like he's one of those sure. earliest examples of, like, the guy in the chair sidekick type. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. I had to mention Wilson okay. from Castaway. because hey, I did too. He's in my rumbles as well. Yeah, yeah, that's a fascinating just example of, you know, it's an animated Props. object, but it's a great sidekick. Yeah. Uh, felt like especially this year, I had to say Goose from Top Gun. Yeah. Um, you know, one of the yeah, one I of the greats. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also wanted to mention Finn from the Star Wars sequel series. I mm, love Finn. I think you know he's such a fun character, and I love John Boyega. And then I was like, all right, try and narrow it down to one Disney animated sidekick. And I actually mm-hmm. came up with uh Pascal from Tangled is my favorite. Uh, oh wow, I think- interesting pick. It's such a great example of a non-speaking sidekick who still has mm-hmm, yeah. so much personality. Yeah, that's true. Now, that's a good pick. That's just a surprising one, yeah. but I love that because it's kind yeah. of an under-the-radar pick. You know what I mean? Yep. So my number six is the obvious one that I left out of my top five. But if I was doing just if I was just having this conversation at a bar with you, mm-hmm. this would probably be the first name I would mention. But it's Chewbacca from the Star Wars films. He's on my like long I mean, list. Yeah. Yeah. I love Chewie. I mean, Han Solo's sidekick. I mean, you know, possibly the first like cinematic, like just like known as a sidekick, you know what yeah. I mean? Aside from like the buddy cop stuff, but yeah. Right. In those adventure films. And then you mentioned Samwise already, but he would have been on my number seven. Mm-hmm. My number eight is Inigo Montoya from The Princess Bride. Oh, nice. Yeah. Uh, you killed my father, prepare to die. <laughs> but he is a great sidekick to Wesley and just, you know, helps him kind of on his romantic adventure. So. I love that character. I love that movie. It's one of my comfort films. I watch it at least once a year. So, Inigo from Princess Bride. My number nine would have been Wilson from Castaway, which you already mentioned. And then my number 10 is John Goodman as Walter from The Big Lebowski. Okay, yeah. You ever seen The Big Lebowski? Yeah. I (laughs) I mean, mean, just such a foul mouth, kind of like crazy dude that is not really a very good sidekick. (laughs) Yeah. But he definitely has accepted his place in the circle of friends as the sidekick to the dude. And um, and I feel like it's that's just sort so... of a sidekick, like, like type, like archetype almost. Sure. Yeah. Sure. And it's just, you know, I mean, the, the movie's great. I love the movie. The Coens, you know, it's phenomenal. Yeah. But, I mean, just such a memorable, like, just the, the def- if you look up comic relief. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that is comic really. I mean, that movie has so much tension and like other stuff going on, and it's like complicated plot points. It's like a heist movie almost. And then when John Goodman shows up, it's like not even like you don't even have to overthink it. It's just hilarious. Like he's just yeah. a funny guy, and he just brings so much levity to the film. And uh, it's one of my favorite roles of his actually. And he's done so so much good stuff. But I equate it to his role like in Raising Arizona. You know, it's mm. like. He doesn't really need to be there for the plot to move <laughs> yeah. forward, but like you're so happy that he is, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? So memorable. Yeah. So yeah, that would be that would be my number 10. So there you go. So to wrap up every episode, Nicole, we head over to social media and we see what the fans had to say in the old suggestion box is what mm-hmm. I call it. So 
Guys, if you have not joined up yet, please check the show notes and join up to the Facebook fan community because that is where I interact with my fans the most. And Nicole, I just said over there, who are your favorite movie sidekicks? So let's see what we got over there. Okay. Christiani, patron and friend of the show, says the obvious choice is Chewy, Chewbacca. Yep. But he's also going to toss in Silent Bob. Hey, we didn't mention Silent Bob okay. from Clerks and yeah. from the viewers. Are you a fan of those Kevin Smith films? No, I, I haven't seen them. <laughs> You're like, no, not really. <laughs> I saw him on. I saw that on a couple of the lists that I looked at, though. <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah, I'm a big fan of yeah. Clerks and, mm-hmm. well, really, and Mallrats, too. But after that, it was kind of like, I can take them or leave them. But, I mean, yeah. generally speaking, I'm a fan of the View Askew universe. So it's a good shout out. And then he also says Red from Shawshank. That's a good one. Morgan okay. Freeman. Yeah. Yeah, from yeah. Shawshank. That's a good one. John Campbell says Short Round from the Indiana Jones film. What do you think of Short Round? Oh, yeah. That's a great one. Yeah, yeah it's a classic. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Sam Wise from Lord of the Rings says my buddy Dan from mm-hmm. Netflix and Swill. Uh, and another shout out for Short Round from Joey nice. Mills. Another shout out for Chewbacca from Tony from Take Two. Nice. Let's see. David Powell, uh, patron and friend of the show, says Stormy from Ah Thomas. That's an interesting mm. one that I don't think anybody else is going to mention. creative. Yeah. He also yeah. says Spock, of course, from Star Trek. Of course. Jack Burton from Big Trouble in Little China and Doc Holliday from Tombstone. That's an interesting one. Oh, okay. But I'll take it. I'll take it. Yeah. Uh, Paul also says Jack Burton because uh, Wang is the hero in Big Trouble in Little China. So <laughs> Kurt Russell's the sidekick. Okay. And he's, he's always kind of taking that stance. <laughs> Let's see, uh, Dan Roski, top tier patron of the show, a promising young loyal. He says his obvious ones are Chewy, Spock, and Goose, but he's also going to say Smithers from The Simpsons, Robin Quivers from Private Parts, Cameron from Ferris Bueller. There you go. There you go. Ellis Redding from Shawshank, and then Tommy DeVito from Goodfellas. That's a good one. That's oh, Joe Pesci's okay, character. Yeah. That's a good one. Again, I don't know if that's if he's a good sidekick, but he, he's one that you're never going to forget. Right, right. He's definitely memorable. <laughs> exactly. Uh, Stephen Byrne says Wilson from Castaway. Classic. So we both echo that. Yeah. Josh Raglan, patron and friend of the show, says Ed from Shaun of the Dead, Art from The Burbs, Wallace from Scott Pilgrim. That's a good one, oh, actually. Oh, yeah. And think about that. And Damien from Meat Girls. That's good, too. <gasps> oh, my God. Wait, that's such a... Okay. I feel like there's some of these that I just one. wasn't thinking of as sidekicks, but they totally are. They are. I didn't think of that either, but yeah. that's a good one. Uh, Jared Taylor, patron in front of the show, says Garth from Wayne's World. Of course, mm-hmm. uh, played by Dana Carvey. Mm-hmm. That's a classic one that I saw on a lot of lists. Yep. Brad Hargis, patron in front of the show, says Paul Walker from the Fast and the Furious franchise. Of course, rest in peace. Yeah. I think that's a good one. I don't know. Is he a sidekick in those movies? Though? I feel I like he's know. the lead in those. Right? Well, I guess Vin Diesel's the lead. Oh, maybe. that's true. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, they kind of co-leads, I guess. Yeah. But yeah. That's a good shout out because I love Paul Walker. Mm-hmm. Uh, Michael Hill, patron of the show, says Jack Burton, Samwise, the genie. There you go. There you go. Bartok from Anastasia. Hit I girl. thought about Bartok. He's on my long list. There you go. Lauren Scott, who actually works at Disney World and is one of oh the Disney gosh. princesses, but I can't tell you who, which one because it's okay. supposed to be a secret. Yep. <laughs> but she says, <laughs> from Mulan. She got Eddie Murphy from Mulan there. There so, we go. Yeah, you yeah. mentioned earlier. Yeah. So great, great shout out there. And that is, that is a great <laughs> caricature for sure. Mm-hmm. Let's see. What else I got here? Larkin, friend of the show, says, Bella Lugosi from Ed Wood. 
<laughs> oh yeah, because he's got the joke about being Karloff's sidekick. Oh, yeah, I yep, remember that. Yeah, yep. yeah. When um, uh, Martin Landau gives that little diatribe in the movie. That's right. Oh, okay. Yep. Yep. And, and then he also says De Niro and Jackie Brown. That's a good pick. Yeah, I take that. Yeah, I take that for sure. That's a that's definitely one of those like roles that you see. I'm a Tarantino fan, but that's one of those roles you see where you're like. I can't believe De Niro did this, but he I was did. And it's literally just thinking, like, that's one of those, like, it's not, I can't believe it's De Niro it's a, type of thing. Yeah, it's not a De Niro yeah. role, you know what I mean? But it, it does stand out for sure. So that's a good, yeah. good shout-out. Guys, thank you so much for the suggestions. I really appreciate it. And if I didn't get to yours, I apologize. But I thank you so much for all the shout-outs. Nicole Agman, it was a blast to have you here. Now, you're doing way too much stuff because it's Oscar <laughs> season, and I yeah. get that. Uh, but I really appreciate you carving out the time to be here. It means a lot to me. Just remind everybody real quick uh, where they can look you up online and follow you over there. Absolutely. And thank you so much for having me. This was so much fun. But you can find me on Twitter and Letterboxd at Nicole Ackman 16. And I've got link trees and places to where all the rest of my work is. Yeah, I'm a big fan of yours on Twitter. I've been following you for a few years now. And guys, make sure you look her up. I will put all of her information down in the show notes. And once again, Nicole, I really appreciate you being here. All right, guys, I will be back next week. We will have another fun top five for you. Until then, everybody take care. 